Hello and welcome to NC State's Audio Abstract. I'm your host, Tracy Peak. Early summer sees turtles on the move, heading out to find a mate and create the next turtle generation. But unfortunately, this also means they can run into trouble from cars, curious dogs, or other hazards. We're speaking today with Jessica Bushy, a veterinary specialty intern with NC State's Turtle Rescue Team and with the North Carolina Museum of Natural Sciences about saving our injured, slow-walking friends. That was a mouthful. Welcome, (laughs) Jessica. I'm glad you could be here. I'm so happy to be here, too. Thank you so much for inviting me today. I love sharing anything about turtles and our amazing students and program. That's great, because I love this program, because I've loved it for a very long time. And I'm super stoked, because we also have, like, an actual turtley guest in the studio with us today. Very special guest. Leech is our special guest today. He's an adult male Easter box turtle who has gone through treatment with us here at turtle team and we're gonna try and do a heart rate for you guys so i don't know if any of you out there have ever heard a turtle's heartbeat but you might be able to i'm very stoked so (laughs) we're hoping this will work out so tell me a little bit about what happened to poor leech yeah so um for leech he came in hit by car So that's one of the most common things we see our turtles coming in for, whether that be the more terrestrial eastern box turtles or our aquatic friends, such as our sliders and cooters and snapping turtles and all of our smaller species. We do see them all hit by car when they're crossing the roads. And oftentimes in the spring and summer especially, they're coming out of their their winter torpor where they're waking up and they're moving more. The spring flowers are blossoming, it's getting warm out, and they're looking to find either mates or lay their eggs. So they cross roads for these reasons. And that's oftentimes when we see them get hit by a car. So with our friend Leech here today, he has been with us for almost two months and actually an amazing first responder found him on his way to work. So he did some turtle saving that morning as well. <laughs> well, good. So is Leech, he's okay. Did he? He lost a limb, I believe. He you did. Said. Yeah. Aww. So Leech, when he was hit by a car, um, the first responder contacted Turtle Rescue Team and one of our students on the pager. So they answer that all throughout the day, and they're accepting cases for injured turtles and native reptiles and amphibians. She answered the phone. Um, was able to triage the turtles. So that's how we assess how the case is and whether it's an emergency and it needs to come in right away or if it can wait a little bit or if they need to send us pictures. Um, when the first responder got there, the student realized that the leg was very badly damaged. So some that were able to try to repair or save will do further x-rays, which we call radiographs, to further assess the bone. We can do different splinting and repair options, but unfortunately for Leech, his leg was very badly damaged and it actually had to have an amputation. So that's where we take the leg off and we do this under anesthesia with pain medicines, anti-inflammatories, antibiotics if needed, so they get all the care that we would get if we needed to go in for a surgical procedure. Okay. Well, that's good to know. And Leech is super cute. Super cute. And having three legs does not seem to be bothering him. No, he's getting around great. And (laughs) he's fantastic. He has these amazing bright red eyes, which is a characteristic of male eastern box turtles. Okay. And they're just piercing. I love looking into those beautiful irises. Leech. So, yeah, Leech was on the move.
Poor Leech. But he'll be maybe released soon, perhaps. Yes, that is what we're hoping. So he's went through surgical care, all of his medications, physical therapies. So our turtles will oftentimes get um, get laser therapy or acupuncture. And I believe you talked with Dr. Harrison. I did. Yeah. So about the animal acupuncture. We actually had a photograph of her doing that for yes. your turtles. So that's awesome. excellent. Yes, we work very closely with her in the exotic service. And um, since she is also teaching students for acupuncture certification, that's a great way for our turtles to get advanced acupuncture care for a lot of their injuries and the students to get practice for their certification. We are a full-service turtle rehabilitation facility. Yes, we are. Well, (laughs) let's back up a little bit because I got so excited about Leech, I completely skipped over all (laughs) the stuff I wanted to ask you about the background. So tell me a little bit about the turtle rescue team, um, how you guys got started, and, you know, your mission. And then we'll talk about, like, how many cases you see a year, stuff like that. So how did you guys get started? Oh, of course. So how Turtle Rescue Team started, it, it first started kind of word of mouth, injured wildlife and turtles would come in. And Dr. Gregory Lubart, who is my mentor and one of the most fantastic people I have ever met, he started seeing these cases when he started at North Carolina State around 1993. So turtles would come in, somebody would need to see them, and there was Dr. Lubart. So he would pull students in to help with the cases, teach them, and it grew from there. So he started working with a wildlife rehabilitator in the area. And together, they were able to start Turtle Rescue Team because Linda, she made a generous donation. And officially in 1996 is when Turtle Rescue Team was formed as a nonprofit student-run clinic for our native wildlife, which includes reptiles and amphibians. Okay, so Turtle Rescue Team isn't just turtles. So if you found an injured snake or lizard... I remember uh, Dr. Lubart telling me a story of he was driving to work and he found an injured snake and then uh-huh. the snake was just in the car, like I've done that before moving too. around. And I was like, "We didn't." Okay. <laughs> I really did want to bring you a snake today. Snake well. would have been great. I would have loved that. We can too, come but... back and I can talk all about our snake patients. Oh, I'm too. so excited. Okay, well, great. Yeah, so it's actually... any reptile. Yes. So our native ones. So any native. So we're not seeing like uh, pet reptiles or non-native right. reptiles. So people's like pet tortoises or anything like that. But if you find a native. Um, if you don't even know what it is, too, you can always contact us and we can try and help you identify it. So right. we, because do we don't want it. you just grabbing like yeah. a copperhead and throwing it in your car. Of course, we want you to be safe. <laughs> right. and, and sometimes people have escaped pets, like oh, they'll have yeah. escaped tortoises and stuff that we'll try and help find the owners for. But they're not a native; they just they just got lost when they were out for grazing. Okay. Um, and I know that sounds like a crazy thing, but your turtles can easily slip away. Definitely watch them. I've seen people sometimes put little identifier flags on them so they can see them in the yard, <laughs> but they're very sneaky. Our little sneaky shelled friends. I like that. I like that a lot. So, okay, so this has been around for a very long time, Mm -hmm. and now it's, you know, funded, and it's all volunteer and donation run, right? How many cases do you guys see? Yeah, so when when Dr. Lubart first started seeing the turtles, you know, they would kind of trickle in, and then word was growing, and more turtles would come, and he probably started out with a caseload of maybe 30 or more during that time. Mm -hmm. And now, if I asked you, how many do you think we're, we're up to this year? I would say maybe, I would guess like maybe a hundred. 
maybe 150 real close am i close yes yes so we're actually up to 254 before i came to the podcast this morning and that's just starting like as they get active in the spring starting oh gosh yes so we expect to see at least around 600 cases this year oh my gosh primarily turtles last year we saw around 556 the year before that 633 wow so it will vary but we do continuously see that caseload growing and with more knowledge out there about how to help turtles and where to bring them we're finding more and more people driving our turtles in from farther away Um, we have people that have drove from a couple hours just to bring us a turtle out of the goodness of their heart so thank you for all those people out there that are (laughs) turtle allies yeah i was about to ask like what is the furthest distance because when you release the turtles they need to be released Mm -hmm. where they were collected right so they know where they're going yeah so tracy that's a very important question that's also really important because whenever we talk to people on the phone and we're taking in new cases or trying to help them with cases Mm -hmm. we try to if it's a critical case try to help them find somewhere else nearby if they're really far away so whether that be an accepting veterinary hospital a shelter or somebody a rehabber that could help transport the turtle to us but we always have our turtle finders document where they found the turtle Mm -hmm. because we want to release them back in that general same area. Obviously where it's safe, but depending on our species, turtles can have different home ranges. So we want to make sure that we're keeping and returning that turtle to their proper home territory and also reducing any spread of diseases between different populations. So whenever we get a turtle, that is one of the things we ask people is to make sure that you document where you found it, whether it's at an intersection. Some people have GPS coordinates. We obviously will not go and put them right back in the road. (laughs) Definitely not a safe spot. Right. But nearby. Yeah. But nearby is is always best and what we try to do for, for all of our animals that we bring in. Okay. And we talked about poor leech got hit by a car. Mm -hmm. So car injuries are probably a lot of what you guys see and treat is that the majority of it but what are the other kinds of injuries these these little dudes can and dudettes can suffer yes so um hit by car like you were saying is unfortunately one of the most common things especially for turtles Mm -hmm. that we see another common thing that um it's surprising to most people um, but it's actually chewed by dog so an accidental chewing injury so if you have a box turtle out in your yard They look like a great chew toy to a a puppy that's out and playing, and they will chew on them like a tennis ball. Oh, okay. Yeah, and they can do some significant damage. So if that does happen, we get them in right away. We do their medical care. Sometimes they might need x-rays. Oftentimes, because it's a chewing lesion, too, they have broken shell bits, and they might need antibiotics or more like intense supportive care, depending on the extent of the injury. Watch your puppies. Yeah. So they're not throwing little turtles around. <laughs> just trying to turtles are just trying to get on with their day, man. It is it is hard too because our little our box turtles, let's say, because most commonly they're the ones that you see this time of the year roaming around your yard. You might not know you have them. They mm-hmm. are good at like huddling under the leaf litter. They're smaller. So usually about a a small like saucer plate around six, maybe eight inches. They can be even tinier, though, as hatchlings and young juveniles. Um, So sometimes they can be hard to see in your yard. Um, So what I usually do is I do a scope out, especially if you know uh, you have turtles in the area and just survey the area to make sure all your turtles are in an appropriate area. or You know, if there's a turtle out before you let your doggy out. Okay, so. Let's take a break here and see if um, we can get Mr. Leach. Yeah. 
to cooperate with a Doppler. And we can listen to a little turtle heartbeat. Yes, one of my favorite things for people to hear because it is not every day. Well, today. Today's your lucky day. Today hopefully. is my lucky day. Yeah. Hopefully. There's a little. Okay. So I will describe this because obviously this is a podcast and not. <laughs> you can't see what's happening. So we have a Bojangles. Um, <laughs> what is this? Like a mashed potato oh, cup? Yeah. Let's see here. Our famous chicken biscuits. It looks like it's it's a side. It was it a side dish beans cup. Or mash, I'm going to say macaroni. Macaroni. Okay. So it's a Bojangles macaroni cup. And Leech is perched atop it. And he is. Well, he's he's not super stoked. <laughs> he's, I don't he's, think he's very calm. So we actually so this Bojangles cup is what I like to call this a super fancy thing that we use. It's a common doctor appliance or turtle rehabber um, instrument. I call it the turtle pedestal. The turtle pedestal. Yes. So it's any object, usually round, that we flip upside down and they sit on top of it, so their little legs can hang off the side, and we can do an exam, but they won't run away from you when you're doing that exam so they can relax and we can do our exam while they're perched on top of what would be today the um the macaroni pedestal so i see um leech has some like surgical tape on his shell with his name on it yes and the date and then a number is that like the number that leech was of the turtles that came in this yes okay so we get lots of patients so upwards of 600 patients and right now in turtle rescue team um so before i came over here to talk with you we have 64 patients in there being treated every single day some of them multiple times a day some of them with um, bandage changes and more intense care needing cts and x-rays so advanced diagnostics blood work and we have about 55 in rehabilitation right now so those are a lot of turtles to keep track of before they get released back into the wild. Right. So this tape here is what we do for every turtle that's admitted. That's their special number. Okay. They all have a special medical record. So us, so myself and our students, whoever's the primary case manager on or the volunteer working with the turtle that day, will do daily updates and exams where we can follow that in the computer. So we keep their medical records. We insert their blood work, their pictures, their radiographs, anything like that that you might keep. And let's say if you went to the doctor and you opened up your medical record. Right. So that special number and our special name are unique to this patient. I love the fact you named him Leech. Oh, yeah. Um, so do you have a theme with the names? We do. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Some of you might be wondering, why did you name a box turtle leech? So our case managers, they get to name the turtles that come in. And I'm just waiting right now for our patient to relax up so I can give them a little Doppler. Um, but our patients, when they come in, mm-hmm. uh, our students pick a theme for the year for naming okay. the turtles. So this year it's under the water. Oh. So <laughs> anything under the water. And that has ranged from SpongeBob characters <laughs> to different types of seagrasses to okay. ocean critters oh, to wow. leeches. And I do believe we've had a few patients come in with leeches. I'm going to say that leech might have had a few on oh, him when he so, arrived. Okay. Wow. So what I'm doing now is I am taking this. It looks like a little metal wand. And that's our Doppler probe. And I use some gel. So just like if, if any of you out there have ever had an ultrasound, mm-hmm. it's similar to that. So it's not toxic. It doesn't hurt. It might be a little cold. And what we're going to do is use that to find the heart. Sounds like old-timey radio. I know. We'll have some, might have some unsettling noises at first <laughs> until I get a good heartbeat. And so sometimes with our turtles, that neck fold also 
hides the area that I need. Uh-huh. So I'm just going to see if I can move that around a little bit. Okay. Oh, wow. So there's a whooshing noise as yeah. the heartbeat. That's a heartbeat. So and that's how we will monitor our heart rate. And when they're under anesthesia, we use this as well. And so that's how we can count their heart rate, assess their rhythm. Oh, that is so cool. How many beats per minute is normal for a turtle? It can really vary. And it's surprising because it, it can even vary by time of the year. So if a turtle is in their torpor state, so if they're resting for either winter, sometimes they can when it's um, really hot or dry out, their heart rate can go down very low to under the 10, so single digits. And right now, um, we expect our turtle's heart rate to roughly be around probably 40 to 60, depending on how active we are. So it can increase with activity. Uh -huh. um, just like us. So that's not painful. And that's how we can, and you guys too, can hear the turtle's heart. And that's part of our physical exam when these turtles come in. Okay. So that was pretty much a standard box turtle heartbeat mm -hmm. right there. Yep, that standard. was pretty cool. Yeah. And so Leech, he was a very good patient as always. He's just not <laughs> visible at all right now. He's like, really? Oh, yes. Really oh. with the gel? So box turtles, uh, do you remember that fun fact I was telling you? Yes. Earlier? So they get their name. <laughs> because they could just box completely up. There yes. is no part of him sticking out right yes, now. Yes, they can. So he is retreated back into <laughs> his shell. So turtles cannot leave their shell. This is one of my favorite things to tell people about turtles. A lot of people don't know what the shell is made out of. Right. And it's actually made of bone. Okay. So this shell they can't leave. They grow with it. It grows with them. And you can see down the middle here these stripes on our box turtle. Mm-hmm. That's actually part of our spinal cord, so that's our vertebrae. Oh. And, yeah, so we're completely entwined and fused with our shell, and this is like our rib cage is all on the outside. In our box turtles, they have a very special feature, so we have different medical terms for the names of the shell. Mm -hmm. And so the top is called the carapace. The sides are called the bridges because they bridge the top and the bottom. Okay. And on the bottom is the plastron. So I know this is getting into a little too much detail, but when you hear me describe it, the bottom half of the shell has a little hinge on it. So you know if you open and close a door, right. that door hinge, they have a little door hinge built into the bottom of their shell. So that plastron, and they can close their door right on up so they can box up completely, giving their name Box Turtle. Very appropriate. That is super cute. He's just the cutest thing in the world. He is. It's days like today. I wish we had a video podcast, but that would not be a podcast anymore. That <laughs> would know. just be a show. I love Leech. It'll be a weekly. Leech fan club. <laughs> yes. So to sort of get back to um, if you are a person mm -hmm. out in the world uh, and you happen to come across a little turtle looking sad, um, should... Or looking like it's trying to cross the road, first of all. Like, it's not injured or anything. It's just a regular turtle, but it's, like, trying to make its way across the road. Should you help it across? Like, I know a lot of people will stop and, like, pick up a mm -hmm. turtle and try to return it to the side of the road. But that's not necessarily good if the turtle was headed to the other side of the road. Mm -hmm. Right? So, that, so what, that is right. That's what do you do? So, 
well, I always say first, your safety first. So these right. these roads are dangerous for the turtles and they can be very dangerous for us. So make sure that you're keeping your safety in mind when you're helping a turtle across the road. But I'm a little biased and I always help my turtles across the road. <laughs> We're not recommending <laughs> that you do this if you're going yeah, to get so hit by please, a car. Please, please be safe and right. assess your situation. Um, but if a turtle is crossing the road, what I typically recommend is that you can either usher them across if you have a stick or a box and you're not comfortable touching a turtle or you don't know what kind of species it is. Most of our turtles can be easily handled by picking them up near the back of their shell. Um, if that is a snapping turtle, yeah, no. yeah, they get their name because they do snap and they can reach their heads out and reach along the side of their shell. So you do have to hold them very far in the back. They're one of the few that I'd recommend for people who aren't um, wanting to pick up turtles to try and usher them out of the way with something else. Yeah. <laughs> for your safety. Yeah. They, yeah. That would not be good. Yes. But do they need to go in sort of mm-hmm. like the direction they're pointing yes. is the direction they should be going. So turtles are smart and they know where they want to go. And usually when they're crossing roads, they're searching for something, whether that be a mate or a place to, to lay eggs. So they want to go in that direction. So what I typically do is I lead them in that direction that they were already going, make sure there's a safe area off to the side of the road to put them on. Um, I don't recommend taking your turtles and transporting them to a completely different area. Um, because then that could promote possibly the spread of disease. And also, if that turtle has a very specific home range, it could feel lost and it wouldn't have its territory anymore. So the turtles do know where they're wanting to go. So I typically recommend gently picking them up or putting them in a box, moving them to the side that they're going on and placing them into a grassy area. We have both primarily terrestrial turtles so like our box turtles here and aquatic turtles and so not all of our turtles live in the water full time so I usually recommend even if it's an aquatic turtle placing it on the side if it's near water letting it go there itself because we don't want to accidentally put a turtle that doesn't go into the deep water into the deep water right that would be bad too so yeah yeah. I guess so the the least amount interference possible yeah that's kind of what you're talking about yeah if you notice if they seem like they're not feeling well or maybe you get to them and it looks like there is blood or they have their shell fractured um, then the next thing you would do is is you can contact us at the turtle rescue team so we'll answer um, your messages we'll have you send pictures if needed we'll tell you how to get here um, and we'll take in that turtle in that case and see how we can best help it Um, the thing for you if you needed to transport a turtle here a little cardboard box some a little box Uh, you don't have to put in any water nothing special just to get them here Uh, we don't recommend typically feeding them just contacting us and putting them in a dark quiet space during transportation and you can find Turtle Rescue Team on the internet. It's just Turtle Rescue yeah. Team. Turtle Rescue Team. Um, so you can do NC State Turtle Rescue Team. Usually yeah. it's one of the first things that pop up. And I also have all of our information here. Okay. Um, so if you do want it, we can provide that or I can read Absolutely. it Absolutely. Yeah. Um, we can put that with the podcast. If you want to give them the pager number, that yeah. might be the yeah. most helpful thing. Because, I mean, you might see a turtle as you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> Do <laughs> so, not stop traffic. <laughs> Do not hurt be yourself. Be careful and call the turtle pager. So our turtle pager is 919-397-9675. From that page, you can find all the information that you need to get in touch with them and maybe get a turtle where it needs to go. Um I had one final question. I ask this question in different forms and formats to every person that I talk to because it's 
the most fun question, which is like, what is the most interesting or amazing or weirdest turtle case you've ever seen? <laughs> oh, we see a lot of crazy things. There's something new every day, which is one of my favorite things about working with different species. So wildlife and zoo animals, and we function a little bit more on an emergency basis here where you never know what's going to come in. Right. Um, so as we were talking about earlier, turtle team takes in other things. We might get a, a snake. Mm -hmm. A toad, a frog, a skink. We actually have all of the above in Turtle Team right now. Oh, wow. <laughs> so we have a majority of turtles, but we get a lot of different um, amphibians and other reptiles that are native here. So most commonly, like snakes come in for net entrapment. So this okay. is something that I feel like our, our listeners can really help with if you have that garden or deer netting, fine netting over your chicken coop. Snakes often get tangled in here and they can get tangled so badly that they can get severely injured. They can have broken bones. Their skin actually, sorry if this is graphic, but it actually rolls kind of off like a sock. Aww. We call that degloving. And we've treated a lot of these and we are able to release them. So if you see a snake trapped, we can help it out. Another common thing we see snakes come in for, which a lot of people don't think about, but a lot of different things look like eggs. Oh, right. <laughs> and I did talk to Dr. Lubart about one of these before. They'll swallow yeah. golf balls. Yes, they'll swallow golf balls. Sometimes people have artificial chicken eggs in their coops for teaching the hens how to lay or where to lay. Um, and the snakes will go in like, this is a yummy egg, but they can't pass those. And those are things that need surgery. So they wouldn't be able to survive in the wild. Mm -hmm. So if you do think you've had a snake that has eaten something it shouldn't have that can't pass, we can also get that removed. And they're usually very happy outcome cases because we'll remove that what we call a foreign body. So whether that be a golf ball or an artificial chicken egg or something else that looks like an egg that was a tasty snack, um, we can do surgery to take that out. And a lot okay. of people don't realize we can do surgery on snakes. Yeah. Well, I'm interested in the toads. Like what yeah. more can you do for a toad? <laughs> oh, I love this. So our toads, we actually have a green frog and um, a southern toad that just went to rehab. So he's done with his care and he's doing really well. <laughs> toad in rehab. I love it. Yep. Yep. So we have those most commonly present to us. So when I say present, that's when they come in and we're seeing them for the first time. They often are found hit by lawnmowers. Oh, no. Yeah. Scary. And they survive? And with it, it's a, it depends. So they, like the ones that have come in, we've had some limb injuries. Mm -hmm. And so addressing their limb injuries, other times like little cuts, which we call lacerations. Sometimes they need to have potentially an eye removed, depending oh. on what kind of species it is. Yeah. But that's one of the most common reasons that I've seen our little amphibian patients come in is hit by lawnmower. Okay. Turtles too. Turtles, Turtles too, That's yeah. one of the common things as well. Ah. Yeah. So things that we can look out for, especially with all this beautiful grass growing, do a little survey of your yard for your critters um, prior to mowing, if you can. Yeah, or use it as an excuse to just not mow your yard for Yeah. A have a natural yard. <laughs> Lots of beautiful wildflowers. You get all sorts of butterflies. All yeah. sorts of things out there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But honestly, some of my favorite cases are just cases that I work through the students with. So Turtle Team is nonprofit and student run. And so we have around 11 active veterinary students and there are primary case managers. So there are those there are the ones that are answering the phone. They're the ones taking in those cases, making those treatment plans. And I'm going through that with them, doing the surgery. They're really building their clinical confidence as a veterinarian, doing, making a difference for these turtles and caring for them just round the clock. 
uh, and that's all volunteer based. So they they pour their heart into these turtles. And one of my favorite things is just teaching them how to go through and make a treatment plan or how to do the bandage change or the surgery and just seeing them through that whole process and watching them get to release their turtle or send it to rehab for it to be released. And that those are honestly my favorite cases, just hands down. Well, this has been a lot of fun. I have enjoyed all of it. I've enjoyed Leech. Thanks for being here, Leech. <laughs> <laughs> Lee just chilling yeah, in his little box. Lee just chilling. <laughs> He's out and about. <laughs> well, I'm glad you were here today. And yeah, the turtle rescue team is one of my favorite things that we do at NC State. So I'm super, super excited that you were able to join us today, Jessica. I am so happy. Thank you for having me out here. I will always talk to you more about turtles. <laughs> <laughs> I just turned this into the turtle podcast. Yeah, It'd be fine. Yeah, turtle. we'll do that. Turtle Tuesdays. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Yes, but we always, if if you're an undergrad out there interested in in gaining some experience with reptiles, we do accept volunteers, our vet students who are listening out there. Um, You guys will get a lot of fantastic experience. Feel free to reach out to us. We also have our social media, uh, Amazon wish list. We accept donations. And right now we're undergoing a big project trying to get our own turtle rescue team specialty license plate. I have seen that. Yeah. It's super cute. We've been speaking today with Jessica Bushy of the NC State Turtle Rescue Team. Thank you, Tracy. It's been lovely. Thank you so much for listening and thank you for all you do for our native wildlife out there. This has been Audio Abstract. I'm your host, Tracy Peake. Thank you so much for listening.